Welcome to our worship today from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne Labar. Our thanks today go to Jessica and Jonathan Hebe for our readings and to the choristers of St Martin in the Fields for our two hymns. You can find a service sheet and words of the hymns on our website. Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. As we begin our worship, let's think of the week that is past and all that's happened in it. There will have been times when we've done wrong or fallen short because we're human. So we ask for God's forgiveness in the joyful knowledge that nothing can destroy his love for us. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven and to bring us to eternal life. We say together, 
Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, whose blessed Son was revealed to destroy the works of the devil and to make us the children of God and heirs of eternal life, grant that we, having this hope, may purify ourselves even as he is pure, that when he shall appear in power and great glory, we may be made like him in his eternal and glorious kingdom, where he is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I am reading from Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 2, and then from verse 12 to the end of chapter 1. I will utterly sweep away everything from the face of the earth, says the Lord. At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps and I will punish the people who rest complacently on their dregs, those who say in their hearts, The Lord will neither do good, nor will he do harm. Their wealth shall be plundered, and their houses laid waste. Though they build houses, they shall not inhabit them. Though they plant vineyards, they shall not drink wine from them. The great day of the Lord is near, near and hastening fast. The sound of the day of the Lord is bitter. The warrior cries aloud there. The day will be a day of wrath, a day of distress and anguish, a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet blast and battle cry against the fortified cities and against the lofty battlements. I will bring such distress upon people that they shall walk like the blind, because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood shall be poured out like dust and their flesh like dung. Neither their silver nor their gold will be able to save them on the day of the Lord's wrath. In the fire of his passion, the whole earth shall be consumed, for a full, a terrible end he will make of all the inhabitants of the earth. Our psalm today is Psalm 90, verses 1 to 12. Lord, you have been our refuge from one generation to another. Before the mountains were brought forth, or the land and the earth were born, from age to age you are God. You turn us back to the dust and say, Go back, O child of earth. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past and like a watch in the night. You sweep us away like a dream. We fade away suddenly like the grass. In the morning it is green and flourishes. In the evening it is dried up and withered. 
for we consume away in your displeasure. We are afraid because of your wrathful indignation. Our iniquities you have set before you, and our secret sins in the light of your countenance. When you are angry, all our days are gone. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The span of our life is seventy years, perhaps in strength even eighty. Yet the sum of them is but labour and sorrow, for they pass away quickly and we are gone. Who regards the power of your wrath? Who rightly fears your indignation? So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. The Parable of the Talents. For it is as if a man, going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was mine with interest. So take the talent from him, and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Zephaniah was a bundle of laughs, wasn't he? What a miserable Old Testament reading we heard today. Distress and anguish, ruin and devastation, darkness and gloom, clouds and thick darkness, trumpet blasts and battle cries. I didn't choose it deliberately. It was just the reading set for today. But I'm glad we got the chance to hear Zephaniah's words from his very short book of prophecies, just three chapters long, sandwiched between Habakkuk and Haggai in the Old Testament, if you're looking for it. Zephaniah gives searingly honest voice to deep human emotions here. He says what people so often feel when things go wrong, that they're being punished for something. We may not agree with him. I certainly don't see God like this, and other parts of the Bible put very different views. It's often in dialogue with itself. But whatever the true cause of the disasters which hit us, it can feel like this when a day of reckoning comes and all our usual landmarks are swept away. During this pandemic, as many people have struggled with illness, bereavement, economic catastrophe and exhaustion, they've cried out, why me? Why us? Why now? Why this? Zephaniah had good reason to feel so desperate. He was writing not long before the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. Just as it started to become obvious that the writing was on the wall for his nation. This isn't some vision of a far distant apocalypse. It's what he saw happening around him as nation after nation fell to this all-conquering army. There were still some people who wanted to deny reality. Surely it can't happen to us, they said. But the axe soon fell on them too, just as Zephaniah said it would. His words remind us that it's all right to howl at God, to howl at the world, to tell it like it feels. We don't have to pretend things are okay when they're not. In fact, it's only when we stop doing that that we have any chance of moving forward. Zephaniah's people were coming to a day of reckoning, which would reveal their vulnerability and powerless, just as our own day of reckoning has to us to some extent. This pandemic has shown us that everything in our garden is far from rosy. It's revealed the inequalities in our society and the precariousness of so many people's lives. It's stripped away the illusion that we could protect ourselves from everything that threatened us. If we were resting complacently on our dregs, like some of those Zephaniah was writing to, we certainly aren't now. The story Jesus tells in today's Gospel reading is also a story about a day of reckoning and what's revealed by it. It's a story about a rich man who entrusts his fortune to three of his slaves when he goes away. And it is a fortune. A talent was originally a unit of currency, nothing to do with the ability to sing or dance or juggle. It was specifically a weight of gold or silver, about four stone, 28 kilos to be precise. It was worth a huge amount. One talent represented about 15 times the annual sal salary of an ordinary working man. So a talent was treasure beyond the wildest dreams of most people. 
this master is placing a serious amount of trust in his slaves. The first slave gets five talents to look after. That's 75 years' worth of wages. The second gets two talents, 30 years' worth. And even the third slave is entrusted with 15 years' worth of wages. Their master doesn't say what they're to do with it, but the first two trade with it and double their money. The third slave is afraid, though, and we probably sympathise. Trade is risky. Investments can go down as well as up, as financial advertisements are always careful to tell us. What if he loses it all? Just as Zephaniah believed that God was wrathful, rightly or wrongly, so this slave believes, rightly or wrongly, that his master is a harsh man. We don't know whether that's true or not. But, like Zephaniah, it's what he thinks, and he allows that to shape his actions. He doesn't want to risk losing a penny of what he's been given, so he digs a hole and he buries it. But when his master comes home, it's precisely that caution, that lack of appreciation of the trust that was placed in him, that makes his master furious. He could at least have put the money in the bank, where it might have made some interest. The slave is unceremoniously thrown out into the darkness. That probably seems unfair to us, but I think Jesus means us to feel that way. I think he means us to play on our empathy with this slave, whose fear has made him too cautious to do anything with the treasure he's been given. Because very often we're like that too. I said earlier that times of reckoning can reveal uncomfortable truths about ourselves, and sometimes that's because they show us the treasure we've been given, and they ask us what we've done with it. The treasure that's the people around us, family, friends, neighbours, the treasure of this beautiful world, the treasure of faith, of the Bible, of fellowship, of prayer, the treasure of life itself, with all its opportunities. How have we treasured our treasure? Have we shared it? Used our precious opportunities? Or have we hidden our treasure in a hole in the ground, where it won't be at risk, but won't do us or anyone else any good either? If it's the latter, this story asks us, then why? Are we afraid of trying something new, going deeper, in case we get it wrong? Are we afraid of what others will think of us, of what God will think of us, if it all goes pear-shaped? Those fears are quite understandable. It could have all gone wrong for those first two slaves. The business ventures they invested in could have gone bust. But it's important to note what the master says to them when he returned. He didn't say, well done, good and successful slave. He said, well done, good and trustworthy slave. It's the slave's faithfulness, their willingness to join in with the master's work, to try to further it, which he praises, not the amount of money they've made. During this pandemic, it's been great to see people in our community and our church here at Seal treasuring their treasure, having a go, taking a chance, connecting with others, responding to need as they can, where they can, not waiting till they can be sure of success, but doing something to help. 
Not everything may work out, but some things do. Things that would never have happened otherwise. Life can be hard. And it's quite right, along with Zephaniah, to tell it like it is. To lament. To be honest about pain and loss. But Jesus' story reminds us that although suffering is real, love is real too. We have treasure. Great treasure. Treasure beyond counting. The treasure of one another. The treasure of a new day, every day. The treasure of God himself, with us, walking beside us. We are called to treasure that treasure, right now, at this moment. Not by hoarding it or keeping it to ourselves, but by working with our generous God, the God who gave it to us, letting it multiply and grow as we use it, so that it can enrich the world. Amen. Loving Lord, we give you thanks for the treasure you have given us. We give you thanks for the treasure of one another, of our loved ones, of our community. We give you thanks for the treasure of your word, of our relationship with you. We give you thanks for the treasure of this world of each day with its opportunities. We pray that you would show us how to treasure that treasure, to use it for your glory and the good of those around us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for your world this world which you gave Jesus to die for. We pray for those who face devastation and loss, for those whose lives are an unremitting struggle. We pray for those who live in the shadow of war or poverty, for those who don't know where the next meal is coming from. And we pray for wisdom for the leaders of this world. We pray that they might treasure the treasure you've given to them, the responsibility and the trust that has been placed in them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we give you thanks for your church. We give you thanks for those who have passed on their treasure to us, those who have nurtured us in faith and sustain us still. We pray that you would show each one of us how we can invest our treasure wisely. Help us to value the opportunities we're given to deepen our faith, to learn more, to spend time in prayer and reflection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for our community, this treasure you've given us, 
We pray for our schools and our businesses, our voluntary organisations, all those places where people support one another. We pray for our friends at Lavender Fields. We pray for your encouragement and support for them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray to today for those who are suffering, for those who are anxious, afraid, alone. We pray for your spirit to comfort and strengthen them. Give them courage and hope in their troubles. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we give you thanks for all who have gone before us into the joy of heaven. For those who have enriched our lives. Those whose light has illuminated us. We pray that we might share with them in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. As we share in the peace, I'd like to invite you to think of someone who you know, maybe a member of our congregation, maybe a member of your family from whom you're separated, or a friend. Someone who you would like to feel that you're united with at this point. Because we're all held together in God's love, even when we're separated physically. We are the body of Christ. In the one spirit we were all baptised into one body. Let us then pursue all that makes for peace and builds up our common life. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Keep us, good Lord, under the shadow of your mercy in this time of uncertainty and distress. Sustain and support the anxious and fearful and lift up all who are brought low, that we may rejoice in your comfort, knowing that nothing can separate us from your love. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Mm -hmm.